Shut up and sit down. Another episode of the Super Movie Studies Podcast, a show about comic book movies approached from every angle and a community of nerds discussing how fiction relates to nonfiction. I'm your comic book cultured host, Michael Maurer, joined by the movie maestro, James Schuyler Houtsma, and the scientific scholar, Ben Anderson. SMSP is your premier movie discussion podcast. Every week, we continue our journey exploring our favorite subject, superhero movies. Every fan sees the movies differently, so we gather some amateur experts to discuss certain aspects of the movie. Whether it's money, comic books, music, science, or Ophelia Powers, SMSP talks about it all in this week's episode. I can't believe I'm trusting you. You're a fake. And what are you, a hero? A thief? A freak? If you don't have an identity, why keep it a secret? Because you killed me. It was me you flushed down the pipes. I'm Patience Phillips. That's who's under there? You're just a scared little girl playing dress up. Woman, ladies and gentlemen, and yes, Catwoman. There, there will be spoilers. I'm sorry. This is I'm inter- interrupting because it's an intoxicast. Is anyone else involved in the intoxicast? I've had two sips of beer since okay. we started recording. What's everyone's status? I could drive. Yeah, okay, I can't. What's half, yours, Skyler? Half a bottle in. Half in, a bottle in. Intending to hit two. Okay. Half a bottle of what though? Shock top. Okay. <laughs> I have had a whiskey sour and two rum and cokes, both sprinkled with moonshine. So oh, honey, I, I'm good. I'm there. Oh, I'm ready for this this awful movie. Because if there's any movie deserving of whatever the terminology was you just used to describe what we're doing, drunk cast. Drunk cast. Yes. No. Intoxicast. Yes. There we go. Oh, it's 2004's <laughs> Catwoman. 2004's Catwoman. I'm gonna lead the trail here just because 
I'm I'm gonna hope that I'm gonna f- roll down a hill with words. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> but I like the imagery. Yes. Do a Jack uh, and Jill. I'm gonna trip on a log, and I'm just gonna keep cascading my opinion of this film downwards and downwards because I want so hard to not just rag on things. Okay. People put a lot of work into movies. And it's really harsh of us to have not have been involved in that process at all and to just take a shit on all they've done. But Catwoman, Catwoman, you, you, you have to run, you have to talk about Catwoman with, with the, the assumption that someone knew what they were doing and decided to make this movie anyway. Because this is a a horrible film. In fact, I think it is worse than Fantastic Four 2015. Simply because Fantastic Four 2015 was so bad that it took me to a realm of appreciation of life. Alright? Catwoman just puts me down and then keeps me there in these dull dredges of awful, awful entertainment that I'm just subjecting myself to. There are Absolutely horrendous cat puns. Uh, she does some stupid, stupid cat things that I can never get over, like eating tuna out, straight out of a can, uh, going to a bar. You've never ordering, done that? Oh, my God. And ordering a white Russian, hold the vodka, hold the Kahlua. So straight up cream then? <laughs> so I, I have done both these things. I've eaten tuna straight out of the can, and it's delicious. And I've gone to a bar and ordered a glass of milk. No, cream is different than milk, Comey. Oh, my God. And just the special effects and the blatant, absolute blatant, uh, 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 I'm thinking of the right word here, uh, exacerbation of Halle Berry's sexuality. Exploitation. Thank you. Exploitation. Exacerbation works in the right context. This was not the right context. Exacerbation is a great word, but this is not the place to use that word because it makes no sense. That's exactly what I meant. I'm sure the filmmakers were hoping people would exacerbate to her. Oh, wait. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Solid, Skylar. I'm going to pass it off to you. I've said my two cents, but there is more coming. Don't you worry. Okay. um, You know... I respect that um, for, I don't know how long this movie's production schedule was, but people got up, went to work every day for Catwoman. I just don't know what for. I don't know who this movie is for. Uh, It's certainly not for any comic book fans, because they throw all that crap out the window. It's not for anyone who likes good, well-put-together movies, because it's a total dumpster fire. I don't know who this movie is for. I I don't... It, it's frequently just absurd and silly, but it never feels like it's intending to be that. And part of it, I want to say, is... I'll expand upon this in my segment later, because remembering this back earlier in the week was like, that is the one completely bogus, silly aspect of this movie, I remember. And then I remember the final scene when Sharon Stone falls from the tower and does these completely physics-defying 
spins and then just flattens out. What's great about that shot, if I may interject. Please. What's great about that shot is you can tell where they go from using a stunt double to a dummy to a CGI, and they keep switching back and forth between those, between different cuts. And you can tell what's a dummy and what's CGI. It's so great. For a half a second, Nadia Komenichi was in the movie doing 300 flips out the window. Oh, that scene alone makes this movie almost worth watching. Everything else is just it's just garbage. <laughs> Popcorn Ben. Uh, so, okay, my opinion on this movie. Um, so, a bit into my personal life, I am remodeling the bathroom in my house. Uh, because there is no shower in there, so we have to put a shower in, and that means that the tub that's in there now has to come out. And it's a great, big, heavy cast iron tub. And I was worried that I wouldn't be able to get it out. Um, and the only thing I could think to do was maybe, like, run to Menards, buy a big-ass, like, 32-pound sledgehammer, and just smash it to bits. I did not need to buy the sledgehammer because I just, like, slammed my head against the bathtub while watching this movie, and it, it broke. <laughs> um, the, the other thing I wanted to say about this movie, and then I'll actually give my opinion... Um, is in 2003 I saw four movies. Finding Nemo, Lord of the Rings Return of the King, Pirates of the Caribbean, and Spy Kids 3D Game Over. Should I interject you and say that this movie came out in 2004? And also that those are four movies and you said three? <laughs> well, Spy Kids 3. I'm, I've had like a third of the beer. I'm already drunk. Um, this is what working does to you. Uh, but the trailer for this movie played before one of those movies. Oh, continue. It played before probably either Spy Kids or Pirates of the Caribbean. And there was some, like, six- or seven-year-old behind me that was like, that looks so good. And I was 12 or 13, and I was like, that trailer was hot garbage, and this movie's going to be hot garbage. And I did not have a real nuanced cultural understanding at the time. And I did not see it that when it came out. I saw it for the first time this morning, and it actually was not as bad as I was expecting. Whew. No. It was not as bad as I was expecting. It's definitely hot-ass trash. <laughs> okay. But it you definitely have to find like, a redeeming trait in it now. That is your job. My job is, is to find a redeeming trait. Yes. What, what is the quality of Catwoman that does not plummet it to the bottom of your list of films you wish to never see again. It had a plot you could follow. Bullshit, but continue. Like, it, it had a plot. Like, I understood what was happening the whole time. It was right. totally bizarre. And it's like, it, it's kind of like they drew it on a chalkboard, I guess. So continue. Yeah, it's like, it's like okay, Catwoman gets murdered. Why? You know, what's the villain's actual motivation? Catwoman gets murdered. She gets these powers. She wants revenge. There's a thing happening with face melting face cream. Like that, it, 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 there's a plot. There is a plot. <laughs> okay. That is, that is why I can say in defense of this movie. It's funny you say face melting face cream. How awesome would it be to introduce like Clayface into this? But then that's not the movie for this because this movie abandons anything Batman, Catwoman related. This movie, from the look of it to the sound of it to just. 
the utter agony of when anyone opens their mouth just reminds me of kind of like a fashion runway show. This is the movie equivalent of a fashion runway show. Unfortunately, it's just Catwoman. It's called Catwoman in name only. Yeah, it's a pretty garbage film. But did the public enjoy it? Let's find out by the numbers. Let's quantify the quality of this film, all right? Money. Production budget, $100 million. That's that's about $88 million more than I would give it. (laughs) What the fuck did they spend it on? For real. (laughs) You know, for a summer blockbuster, that's, that's a little on the cheap end. For this movie... It had to have all gone to the cast. It had to. I, we'll come back to that. <laughs> Did uh, audiences reimburse the filmmakers for their efforts? Uh, no. Just domestic gross is $40.2 million. Foreign gross, 41.9. Pretty much even. That brings it to a worldwide gross of $82.1 million. Wah, wah. Oh, fantastic. If I remember correctly, this film did not open up among competition, though. This was kind of one of those late summer openers before late summer openers were a thing. Uh, I believe it opened July 19th in that late July time slot. Basically, what is it, 12 years ago this weekend from when we were recording this. (sighs) Time capsule, baby. Yeah. Um... So yeah, it didn't really have a lot of competition, and it still ended up shit in the bed. So, uh, to put things in a little bit of perspective, it opened to $16 million its opening weekend. That was third place behind The Bourne Supremacy, second Bourne movie, and iRobot with Will Smith. For comparison's sake, uh, Spider-Man 2 opened about three weeks earlier to... um, how do we say exponentially more? 88 million opening weekend for that one compared to this one's 16. Like so, if, if you were to like roast a steak over the dumpster fire that is this movie, um, you would get Spider-Man 2's opening weekend. Yes, that that would be one tasty opening weekend, and that's not even counting Spider-Man 2 opened on, on a Wednesday, so I'm not even including <laughs> the... Uh, on a fucking Wednesday? <laughs> open on a fucking Wednesday. I'm not even... Spider-Man 2. That 88 million is only Friday through Sunday. I'm not even including the Wednesday and Thursday numbers, so it's even better. Um, closest comparison, actually, for that year in particular would be uh, 2004's The Punisher. Uh, it brought in just about as much as this movie did, but it was made for a lot less, so it's technically still more of a hit. This movie's better than Spy Kids 3D. You know what? I'm not even going to give it that. Really? Nope. I have a little bit of fond memories with Spike. Spy Kids 3D was the first movie I saw in theaters by myself, um, so it kind of felt like a small piece of independence at the time. Okay, fair. I got headaches because... I wore the 3D glasses on top of my prescription glasses. Ooh. And I just was like, well, things are not quite right, because 3D like wasn't quite there. No, right. it was still was... red-blue. That was back yeah. in the 3D. Oh. Oh, just quick, what was our first uh, movie by ourselves in theaters? Spike is 3D. <laughs> was it really? I have never gone to a movie alone. <gasps> what? Yeah, I don't go to movies. If I go to a movie, it's because someone else drags me there. 
All Matt right. drags that's, me there. That's a personality trait. Skyward, your turn. Oh, uh, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. Oh my god, that was my second one. <laughs> it was so cool. I talked to a random stranger next to me and told him everything about Star Wars Clone Wars, the animated series, because he, I was like, I was just like this little punk teenage, I don't, I don't know, probably 11, 12 at the time, and I was like, hey, you know why General Grievous chokes so much? Well, it's because Mace Windu like collapsed his lungs right before the beginning of this movie, uh, and the dude sitting next to me was so polite, he was just like, oh, really? That's pretty awesome, dude. What's your name? <laughs> it was I a did, very nice experience. <laughs> yes. I did about the same thing when I went to Phantom Menace several years earlier, but the person sitting next to me was like, shh, 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 shut up, you child. <laughs> which, which is, to be fair, what I would do, still do, mm-hmm. want to do all the time. I wonder how many talking kids were in Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty enough. Um, and silent boners. Uh, <laughs> I hope not. Shame boners. Yeah. Shame. So Shame. I guess it's I guess it's time for comic book section. Fuck. Oh, fuck. So what do you want me to say? There was a scene where she got attacked by a seagull. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with that? Uh, you know the regular comic book section. I usually talk about comic book characters that are introduced in this film. Except Skyler mentioned earlier, there's nothing comic book related in this movie outside of Catwoman. And that's not even Catwoman. What the hell? Skyler just walked away in anger and disgust. I think he's getting more beer. Yeah, that too. That's also a valid answer to everything I said because all I'm going to talk about is Catwoman. Because this isn't Catwoman's primary or first appearance in film that was Batman Returns. Oh no, actually Batman 1966. Don't let the nerds attack me now. But this is the one where she needs the most justice done back to her. Because Catwoman premiered in Batman number one. 1940. Bob Kane, Bill Finger. Her name is Selina Kyle. I have no idea where they got Patience Phillips from. There's not a single even... Like, there's there's, there's been, no incarnation of Catwoman that's named Patience? Not at all. There's a Holly that's Robinson a, and like a Japanese one named like Esso Kanakwa or something. That's such a bizarre and unnecessary thing to do. I, For real. Why not just name her Selena Kyle and continue to put this axe in the ground? So, Selena Kyle, any character that's lasted more than 10 years probably has multiple origin stories at this point. They used to make a new one every 10 to 20 years, uh, reboot the universe, but now it seems that like every five, everyone gets a reboot. So let's start with the basics. She was made to give Batman the Batman book more sex appeal, of course, in the 40s. What do you need more? Sex appeal and Robin. <laughs> but don't mix those two. <laughs> unless, otherwise, you'll get a congressional hearing. <laughs> So Kyle started out as the cat, a burglar and jewel thief that attracts the attention of Batman and Robin. She is established as a femme fatale, and their love-hate relationship begins in her first issue with the end of the book, which is, it is implied that, Bat- that Batman lets her escape because she's so darn sexy. 
Robin's about to bound after her, and he sort of like blocks the way for him. <laughs> sort of a weird reverse cock block, and lets her get away. Implied. Uh, the 40s were so subtle. <laughs> she appears regularly after that with this dynamic until about 1954. So she's back in 1966. Her origin is now changed uh, in uh, with saying that the Catwoman we knew back then was actually a Catwoman of Earth 2. She is now elderly and a long time ago reformed from crime, married Batman, and had a daughter named Helena who became the first Huntress. Oh, I did not know that. So this new Selina Kyle uh, is introduced in Batman Year One. Now, she works as a dominatrix for a pimp that uses threats against Selena's sister, Maggie, ironically a nun, as leverage. Motivated to protect her sister, Selena trains vigorously in martial arts. She saves Maggie, finding prostitution to be no life for her or for ho- Finding prostitution to Whoa. be no life. Did you hear what you said? No, but no. I say whore. Um, you said whore. Uh, yeah. Well. For Yeah, maybe. Um, finding prostitution to be no life for her, or the runaway that she had adopted named Holly Robinson, who would later become the second Catwoman, with whom she has weirdly vague relationship stuff going on, especially in Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight. Uh, oh yeah, it's like this little sister slash roommate kind of thing. So at some points she sees her as something she needs to protect, but other points an equal. So it gets kind of confusing on what exactly her role is in uh in mirroring or reflecting Catwoman. So. Selena modifies a cat suit that her old pimp, whom she killed, by the way, uh, gave her and gets a taste for burglary. At first, Robin Hood style, take from the rich, give to the poor, you know. But uh, crime always has you running in with Batman. But seeing him in action only inspires her further to becoming the Catwoman. Robbing for pleasure and for the poor, part-time vigilante, and on-again, off-again lover of the Dark Knight, that is, the Catwoman. And the worst part of Batman Arkham City. (laughs) Maybe, but not a piece of that is really seen in the movie. The burglary part. So nowhere in the comic books is it like a mythical god-chosen-one type She's just a normal person. She just likes cats. She's just she just she just has a cat suit. Yeah. The, yeah. The only area not related to the comics that it seems to actually follow something that previously came was there's some closeness to Batman Returns where both of them kind of had like an accident, you know, um, we're presumed dead, and then a bunch of cats show up, and they're alive again. Well, they have to make... They, they, I'm sorry, they don't have to. They keep trying to make Catwoman mythical, 
right, in the 90s and 2000s, not believing that anyone could ever achieve these things without being a normal person unless they're Batman or a guy. I <laughs> I don't know if it's strictly that, but they're like, uh, why do we have to give the women superpowers? Why can't they just be badasses like Batman without superpowers? I think we've moved away from that. Um, I mean, Anne Hathaway's cat went woman clearly didn't have any superpowers, and she was probably the most successful rendition we've seen of that character, interpretation of that character that we've seen in <laughs> at least ten years. <laughs> so good, so good. Um, but that was kind of a short and sweet piece of section. So I want to I want to give a little some cat facts about Catwoman just real quick, like a little subsection. Yeah, a little subsection of Catwoman. Uh, some fun facts revolving around this film. So the Catwoman script was in development starting in 1993. Originally slated to include the producers of the Tim Burton Batman films, with Tim Burton back to direct, and Michelle Pfeiffer to reprise her role as Catwoman. Okay, sounds almost entertaining. Or probably really entertaining. But with the mild camp success... That is Batman Forever. Um, the dark return to the Burton verse was not in the cards for the producers, so it stayed in production hell for about ten years before the success of X Men and Spider Man sort of brought superhero comic books back into a light of this crappy find out where we are period. <laughs> that yeah. is the mid two thousands. Batman Returns kind of killed the whole dark superhero thing for a long while because they couldn't sell the McDonald's toys with that. So any plans on that just kind of went down the toilet with Batman forever. Uh, Penguin was just, I think, too weird of a villain. <laughs> he wasn't comical enough like Joker was, but that's all Batman Returns talk. Which is a great Tim Burton movie, I will say. That's, that's pure Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. So... Angus, another another fact, Angus Strathy was the costume designer for Moulin Rouge and won the Academy Award for his work on it. He's also the costume designer for this film uh, and created the droopiest feathered blouses for Patience Phillips to wear and pajama pants, as well as designed the Dominatrix Catwoman outfit. So just goes to show that... A reward or one movie as well as another does not define who you are. Next, we have nominated for seven golden raspberries, which you may know as the exact opposite of Academy Awards. Catwoman won three, including worst actress, worst screenplay, and worst director. Halle Berry was fresh off her Academy Award for Monsters Ball last year, so she decided to show up to the Razzies in person to accept her award and sufficiently burn her agent and Warner Brothers. Listen to the speech she gives on YouTube. It is fantastic. It's much more humble than Ben Affleck's Raspberry win, where he just went on Larry King and destroyed the thing. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, John Christophe Komar is director Pitoff's real name. Keep that in mind. He is noted for being a visual effects pioneer. 
kind of, sort of. Uh, and worked with VFX on several films in both France, his native country, and America. Uh, he actually directed one of the first um, films that was created on nothing but digital film. But this was uh, this was so this wasn't his first time directing a film, but it was his first time directing an American film. So it was challenging. Keep in mind. Yeah, if he has a visual effects background, uh, what happened with this movie? <laughs> yeah, that's also another thing. Of what? What were you? Were you sleeping? Were you busy? I I I think um, he might have just had to like force himself to not care about whoever the VFX person was, because otherwise he'd probably never get anything done. Finally. Roger Ebert delivered a burn on Pitoff so bad it started a wildfire in California raging to this day in his movie review of Catwoman with these words. The director, whose name is Pitoff, was probably issued with two names at birth and would be wise to use the other one on his next project. FYI, there is a fire torch currently burning on Roger Ebert's grave. And it was started by that sick burn. Yeah, and you know what? Pitoff was like, oh, that hurts. But he's totally correct. So FYI, he went by Jean C. Comar in his next project. <laughs> hey, at least he had a next project. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think he's, he's directing again in 2016, but... I th- I think he took a break for a while. I I've, I've I've a couple more cat facts. Those weren't really cat facts. They were facts about the production details of Catwoman, but I have some actual cat facts. Okay. A group of cats is called a clouder. <laughs> what? Yep. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. You said you said cat facts. You have a cat fact. Learn your grammar. Oh. Singular um, motherfucker. Cats are really smart, but they don't give a shit about people. Oh, well, that's a fact. All right. <laughs> Cat common knowledge. <laughs> Let's get to that music section. I'm ready. Not really. Oh, holy recress. Okay. Music for Catwoman uh, is done by a man named Klaus Bedelt. Uh, we haven't really talked about him all that much at this podcast because we haven't heard anything from him since I don't know, maybe 2006. A few spare things here and there. Actually, he's one of um, Hans Zimmer's protégés from Remote Control Productions. He's credited with the first Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack, which is basically in name only, and that Hans Zimmer wrote about 70% of that soundtrack and then gave the the rights over to him for uh, contractual stuff. Anyway, uh, Klaus Bedell, Catwoman soundtrack. You know, there's something just a little different about this soundtrack. It's very <laughs> subtle. I'm going to, you know, just have you listen to this first track I have pulled up, Venom. By the way, I don't think this soundtrack was ever actually released because... It's not on iTunes, and if it's not on iTunes, it doesn't exist. Um, But no, listen to this first clip, 
and then tell me if you hear something just a little different in there. The different part that it was recorded on GarageBand with a little bit of Aretha Franklin. <laughs> Fucking lyrics. <laughs> Break the mood. Break the mood. And that will just pop up throughout this soundtrack. You know, just this Aretha Franklin soul singer just coming out of the woodwork to be like, yeah. I don't know. Is Tony Braxton a closer analogy? Oh, I don't. I don't know what this is supposed to be, but it's highly amusing because we'll just fucking listen to it. <laughs> it's it's so silly and over the top to have a singer come in to do like one lyric to a score and then be done with it. Interesting experiment. It's just fucking weird. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, this next uh track I've got on the docket, Transformations. It doesn't have any such thing to it, but it's more your traditional score sound. Is this from when she's turned into a cat? Woman? I believe so, yes. A cat. I kind of like that. That was pretty decent. Yeah, it's, that's a more, like I said, traditional, gets the job done kind of sound. It sounds like real music. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you say that, because for my last track, I have some more not real music. Yeah. Uh, uh, is Klaus Blood dead? Is that a, is that a man or is that a woman? It's a man. Why is he named after a thing that shoots water up your beehole? Klaus or Bedelt? Uh, bidet. <laughs> oh, is that how you say it? Yeah, it's a bidet. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, close enough. Uh, yeah, that uh, that may be why we haven't heard a lot from him in recent years. Everyone was just like, he's named after an enema thing. What the hell? A- I asked because the screenshot to the clip you gave us for transformation yes. or transformations has a woman with a a, a crucifixion 
uh, or a, a crucifix necklace on, and I'm like, who is that? Is that the vocalist featured in this? As, yeah, as far as I can tell, um, someone just put that clip online with a really emo-looking uh, image to accompany it, like some 14-year-old somebody. It's like, this music makes me feel, man. It's, it's just a... It's just words and pictures that go with it, kind of. So it's like Catwoman. It's in keeping with the theme. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> it's just the thing that's on the screen, and it doesn't really make sense. Nope. But you don't have to watch it. It could be, for all we know, just a bunch of hot dogs on hot dog rollers, and it's like, this is so <laughs> deep. I wonder what this means. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, speaking of deep... Benjamin Bratt's role in this film. Benjamin Benjamin Bratt in anything. Just... Benjamin Bat. Benjamin Bat. <laughs> hey, at least uh, they had some bat in this film. Not really. Not really. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, he's the, he's the worst detective ever. Let's get this straight. All right, the woman you are currently dating who is able to climb a Ferris wheel, beat you in basketball by dunking over your head. You have to find out that she is Catwoman by some weird lipstick technology? Oh, gosh. Fine work, Detective. <laughs> detective, I'd like to introduce you to Karen Page. You'll have a lot to talk about. <laughs> You're fired. She's taking over your job. God damn Okay. Everyone in this movie was completely incompetent. Yep. Just like in a really profound way. With the exception of the innocent Sally, Alex Bordstein's character, who just put on face cream because it's what she, the company she worked for sold, and it made her sick, and all she wanted to do was bang a doctor and have his kids. The, the universal struggle. So can we can we add this movie to the Tony Westfall universe because it ties in with Grey's Anatomy? Yep. Okay, perfect. Oh, okay. Anyway, continuing the trend of silliness, the last uh, track I have on the docket, I don't even want to say its name yet because it's it's it defies what I I I don't even know what it's supposed to reference. Anyway, it's back to that weird fucking runway sound that's not really music, but it's fascinating to listen to. It's the track Like Cat. Not like a cat. Like Cat.
okay, I take it back. Maybe that was kind of banging. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, it kind of is. But actually, it's better out of context. It, it's much better out of context. Like, it's almost a banger. Yeah. It is, really. It rides the line between being a banger and being a jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's definitely a jam. It, um, it jams. Uh-huh. But, like, with, like... Because this this is playing during that CGI schlock fest of uh, Catwoman jumping around buildings and the sh- CGI schlock fest of the entire movie. He, well, pretty much. But there's a gratuitous crotch shot as she's grinding her uh, nails down an alley, uh, and then she like proceeds to jump across roofs like a cat, and you just can't get into the song because you're going what the fuck is that right afterwards she orders cream at a bar uh side note this is what happens when you don't release your own soundtracks to the public people come up with weird names such as like cat oh that's not even the real name one time i ordered a white russian and instead of using cream the dude used lemonade Oh, God. Wow. But I was already a good five or six gin and tonics in, and I was like, this probably tastes good. Oh, I'm sorry. That and I had it again you. when I was sober, and I was like, this is actually hot trash. <laughs> but anyway, I think it would have been funny if, like, in that scene, she was like, I want a, I want a white Russian with no Kahlua or vodka or rocks. And then she just gets, like, a glass of lemonade. <laughs> that would be funny. Or it, it would have been more funny if, like, the bartender questioned her drink instead of just being a uh, typical uh, placid about it and going, "I'm sorry, you just want a a glass of cream? Did I hear that right? <laughs> Why didn't you just order a glass of cream?" We just had this really nice transcendental scene where one character is questioning the absurdity of everything that's going on. I'm sorry, why are you eating tuna out of the can exactly? Um, no, it's just the bartender all the time. It's like, <laughs> yes. Do you want some noodles with that tuna? <laughs> I could put that in the back. We got a microwave. Um, Do you want some noodles with that tuna? I'll give you a noodle for that tuna. What? Uh, <laughs> Who puts noodles on tuna? Uh, tuna salad. Um, what are you? Like what are you circles. talking about? Those little circle noodles that go into a salad. You ever had those? Those are like, noodles. Those are macaroni. It's very different. Uh, noodles are the encompassation of all types of noodles. No, no, no. Pasta is the is sp- pasta. Macaronis are a pasta. Macaronis are not noodles. What's a noodle? A noodle is long and like noodle shaped. Oh yeah. Pasta what can be just noodle? any kind of thing. Hmm. Hmm. All and right. I know some people call them macaroni noodles, but they're not really. It's like panda bear. They're not really bears. They're not really noodles. Oh right. So that was the music section, I hope. I hope, too. Wait, yeah, I know. God. It's done. Oh, we're so off track. You know what? This movie, we are mirroring this, the screenplay of this film. It's, it's just completely off the rails. Like, every once in a while, we'll get back to the main plot. 
but most of the time we're just doing these weird tangent things that don't make any sense. Someone's going to throw catnip at me. I'm just going to sniff it for a little bit. Speaking of which, where are we at with our drinks? I'm almost two bottles in. I'm, I've, I've had like about I'm about halfway done with my second beer. I'm just coasting off the three drinks I had right before I came on because I downed those pretty fast. Probably so a good I'm idea. Not, yeah, well, I got to get up. I got 5 a.m. work tomorrow, guys, and what is it, 10.30? So you're and welcome, you're fans. wake up at 4 no matter what. Yeah, you're welcome, fans. Uh, let's get to science, all right? Yes, let's. You've got this big-ass topic for me. I got one big-ass topic. You might call it the perfect topic. Oh, I am leaving this call <laughs> you don't get a science topic tonight, mister. I've killed people for less. <laughs> I have I have glared at people in movie theaters for less. Oh, I'm, I just, I was waiting for a good moment. I was actually waiting for the perfect moment, but... God, <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs> I'm leaving. Uh, ben, ben, you need to please come back. Uh, if you would, thank you. He actually walked away again. I and, thought you should know that. Just kidding, I'm back. Tell us, Ben. I did walk away, though. Yes, you did. No one can fault you for that. Okay, so, uh, science. You had a, you had a, feet, you had a hissy right? fit. Cats land on their feet, right? Sure they do. Uh, yeah. Isn't that weird? Uh, good reflexes. I guess. Mm, okay, there's a thing called conservation of angular momentum. Okay. Right? So, Damn. basically, if a thing is not spinning, it can't just start spinning unless you, you know... Push it. Push it, yeah. You know, if, if, you, have a, if you have a basketball and you just balance it on top of your finger, it's not going to start spinning on top of your finger. You have to push it. So, if you have a cat... And you just drop it, and it's not spinning, and you're dropping it upside down. How does it start spinning so that it always lands on its feet? No matter how much from a height or... The speed at which it's falling. Or, or the speed at which it's falling, or even if you like give it a little, a little flick of the wrist to get it started spinning in one direction. It'll land on its feet. Why is that? It seems to violate conservation of angular momentum. Uh, they're Egyptian, right? They're Egyptian cat, uh, cats are gods. That's right. So that's the end of the science topic. God exists, and he is a cat. <laughs> uh, no, actually. Um, it's actually really interesting how they do it. And basically, um, it's called the cat writing reflex. And um, there is like a minimum height that they need because spinning around in midair takes time. So um, most cats from a height of about one foot can safely whip themselves around to land on their feet. And they don't need a tail for it, which is interesting. But basically, what they do is, what allows them to do this is that they have a pretty sensitive inner ear, they have a very flexible backbone, and no collarbone. Ooh. So what they do... They're on their back. Maybe they're rotating one direction. Maybe they're not. What they do is they bend themselves in half 
in the middle of their back. And then they rotate the two sets of, like, they, they rotate their shoulders and their hips in the direction opposite of where their body overall is spinning so that they conserve angular momentum but still can orient their body so that they're facing downward in the end. So this tweet you posted earlier? That is, that is an animation that was... of how it's actually done. Go to Ben so, Bardo. Ben Barbado. Bardo's yeah. Twitter page. Yeah, or, Barbado Twitter page. Or yeah, Super Movie I, Studies. I, 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 put, I, I put up on Twitter like the animation for how this works. Um, and yeah, it's it's like hypnotizing to watch because you just like see this cat like fold in half and then it's two halves like twist around in a weird way and so, they land on their feet. So is dropping its back what gives it like the momentum to start the spin? No, like it's it's all in the fact that they have they can, they can twist like you can twist your shoulders, right? You can twist your hips. Mm. They can do it both at the same time. They have no collarbone and an extremely flexible backbone. So they can do this really quickly and just like whip around. Twisty little demons. So the describing like how they do this is like mystified physicist for decades. And uh, <laughs> James James Maxwell uh, James Clerk Maxwell of if you've studied physics, Maxwell's equations, which describe light, electricity, and magnetism. Didn't he discover electromagnetism? Uh, he he discovered the equations that unify electricity and magnetism. Oh, you're right. Yes. Everybody knew electromagnetism was a thing, but he was like... Yeah, he like, got... here are the equations that unite these two disciplines. Yeah. When he was at uh, Trinity College, he... <laughs> did work on the falling cat problem, and what he would do is he would throw cats out of the windows and, like, watch them fall. <laughs> Sadist fuck. And Maxwell, like, actually killed a bunch of cats. Because, like, if you get up too, too tall, then your terminal velocity is huge, and you're, you, you're splat on the ground anyway. PETA and Petoff would have a word with him. Yeah, so... I'd have a fucking word with him. So, yeah, that was that was James Maxwell. That was in the 1800s. Uh, the problem was not fully solved until the 1960s. <laughs> wow, just killed a bunch of cats then, asshole. <laughs> so, yeah, James Maxwell Clerk... James Clerk Maxwell, sorry. Um, actual cat murderer. You have him <laughs> to thank for all of these loopholes and paperwork so, and experiments now. Yeah, blame the him. Real... Blame him for this movie. Yeah, the real menace behind Catwoman is James Clerk Maxwell. Yeah. The Phantom Menace, if you will. God damn it, fuck. <laughs> oh, don't, hey, Ben, don't throw a hissy fit. Anyway, Great. so that's how... Cats manage to land perfectly on their feet. I don't care. All right, next <laughs> setup is the drinking game rules, which rule number one 
Start early. I was gonna say this is this is just not fair with this movie because just about literally anything could anything anything could incite a drink. So we got to go for the ones that are not quite so obvious. Mm. Mm. So you're ignoring all cat puns and Joe, all cat. Right, you don't drink at the cat puns because you'll kill yourself. Yeah, the cat, the cat gags in general, like the catnip shit, the lamb yeah. feet. Um, I don't know. Uh, but but oh oh oh, um, weird close-ups. Those were frequently sparsed. But not like not the ones that are like exploitative sexually. No, that's exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> no, but like that one's too obvious. So you have to go for the like the just the close-ups that are just weird but not exploitative. Well, there's that, but I'm also talking yeah, straight up like face close-ups. Like when she's about to go knock on the door to the party um and tell them to turn it off. Like there's a weird face close-up before the door opens that's sort of fisheye lensing her and it's just not flattering, and it's weird. It's just like, why wouldn't you just go over her shoulder to the door opening up? By the way, the, there's the dude in that scene, and there's also the chick who is, like, draped over the guy and just to sort of show that this dude likes to party and all that jazz. That woman actress is Janet Varney. Uh, <sighs> yeah, if you don't know, Janet Varney is the host of the JV Club podcast, but probably most famous for her role as the voice of Korra in The Legend of Korra. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she, she had nice... her, her career's come a long way since 2004. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I, would, I would add a, a drink for every time there's, like, a CGI double when she's jumping around and doing her cat stuff that makes Spider-Man 2 look good. I'll allow it. B- drink for bad CGI is too obvious, but bad CGI doubles. That's good. Drink for flashbacks. Oh, yeah. There's a Those lot of flashbacks that are completely unnecessary. Uh, referencing back to my section, uh, drink whenever lyrics show up in the music or, you know, Aretha Franklin, Tony Braxton, double. Just like, break the mold. I've got a good one. How about when Catwoman first realizes her potential as a sexual femme fatale and does the catwalk, which Halle Berry's pretty good at with the arched back, right? And they play that song. Um, that's a jam, almost a banger. You have to do, because you're deep into the film, you have to do the nine toe-to-toe steps, toe-to-heel steps, and passed that test as if wild drinking. This will prove your true metal of the drinking game of Catwoman. This will reveal your inner Catwoman. For real. Uh, <laughs> during the bar scene when she orders cream, drink a white Russian like a normal person. Drink... No. Drink... A cup of Kahlua vodka and ice. <laughs> yes. Drink everything she omitted from the white Russian. That's perfect. I like yes. that one better. Yes. Out of balance, too. 
I got, you know, this logically would come later, but you got to do something for that falling shot at the oh. end of the movie. Oh, you want to finish the bottle. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You're done. That's the finish the to, bottle. You have to finish your drink before she hits the ground. Yep. yep. While at the same time switching between three drinks because <laughs> you have to drink when it's a CGI, drink when it's a, uh, a, a, dummy, a dummy, and drink when it's actually Sharon Stone or a stunt double. Oh, man. Uh, just turn the movie off after that because... <laughs> There's because nothing. it doesn't get good. No. <laughs> Drink responsibly. Turn the movie off before the opening credits start because it doesn't get good after that. Finish your drink during the weird cat opening sequence and then go have a good time with your friends. <laughs> that is... Yes. Uh, that is the, more than you will have at this movie. <laughs> yep. Throw away your television. <laughs> Wherever you Call your parents. Tell them you love them. How, however you got access to Catwoman, DVD, uh, online stream, you know, like block the website, uh, delete the file, throw away the DVD. You don't need it. Microwave the DVD. It looks so cool when you microwave them. Don't do but, that at home, children. Do it no more than like seven seconds. Don't and do don't, it, children. And don't do it to your cat either, even if you might feel like it. Cat doesn't deserve the Catwoman scorn. We're not all James Clerk Maxwell. Holy hell. Yeah, I'm not going to microwave my cat. Thank you. They don't deserve it. All right. I think we're done with the meower. Um, I think uh, so. Reach. (laughs) Like I said, we're mirroring this film. (laughs) We're talking about a real movie? I just thought, okay. So that looks like it'll wrap it up. Super fans neater than a tight ball of yarn. <sighs> Super movie studies is recorded and produced. God damn it! <laughs> By Trial Cop Productions. Oh, God damn it. This is painful, but not as painful as this movie. Not only did I just watch Catwoman... Not only have I had a beer and a half, and therefore I'm completely plastered, but also, like, it's the hottest day of the summer so far. So at 10.30 at night, it's at least 80 degrees when I tell that bitch, please back up off these NUTs, because you get none of these <laughs> at ease. Um, so anyway, subscribe to us on iTunes. Hit us up with a rating or a review. You can actually listen to us on Napster. <laughs> How 2004. The joke was the cat is their logo. Well, okay. (laughs) Here, excuse me while I drink from these two bottles simultaneously to make it through the rest of this. (laughs) Oh, shit, he's doing it. He's doing it. Uh, Oh, you really... Go ahead. On that note, (laughs) uh, we are... Super awesome on Twitter. We're the best on Twitter. We're going to make Twitter great again. We have words. We have we have the best words on Twitter. Our favorite Tom in the universe, Twitter Tom, is there to keep things super huge and awesome. <laughs> you can find us at Super Letter M Studies. Super M Studies. Let us know your favorite 
cat woman memory. Please keep it at least somewhat appropriate for the kids. Give us your favorite cat fact. Yes. yes. Tweet us cat facts. Hashtag cat fact. Cat facts, yes. Do that. It'll be great. It'll be better than this movie. Keep doing that. You're awesome. Oh, and finally, there's always tryupcop.com. I don't know how much I can talk about this right now, guys. Yeah, I'm busy a lot, so unfortunately, uh, and I'm the only one with the intuition to edit the site, so therefore, <laughs> it hasn't been edited in a while because I am working a lot. So I apologize for that in advance, fans. If you're looking to use that as our central hub, we will centralize that even further Quit in your August. Job. I am. Yeah. But, for another week or so. So, uh, in the meantime, all of our episodes are, of course, on tryupcop.com, but also on iTunes. As Ben mentioned earlier, ratings are our friends. It's been like a year since we got a rating. I mean, come on, guys. Yeah, don't make sure yeah. make another three fake accounts <laughs> to, boost our, to boost our ratings. Standing in the algorithm when people search superhero podcasts. All you former work people of mine who said you'd listen to this, go rate it now. I'm calling on you. Yeah. Yep, that, that is the most common lie we receive. Oh, you have a podcast? Sounds great. What's it called? I'll listen to it. Never do. That's fine. I get it. But still, don't be a dick. Rate the podcast, please. Don't be a dick. <laughs> be a dong. Uh, be a cat. Uh, I, I wanted yeah, to have we'll a <laughs> well, as we be. as we know, everybody wants to be a cat. Everybody. Oh. No, watch the cats. That's the definitive Catwoman movie. That is, yeah, that that is that's better. Yeah. Uh, I'm your host, Michael Maurer. <laughs> James Skyler Outsma. And I'm I'm Ben. As in Pitoff, Ben. I hope you all have a perfect week.